Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. You know, when historians and archaeologists date something, they date things that are less certain in relation to things that are more certain. And one of the things in the ancient Near East that we have really broad agreement and certainty about is that Jerusalem fell to the Romans in 70 AD and that they completely razed the temple, leaving no stone on top of each other like we heard about or Jesus predict yesterday. Now, if you knew someone who told you one specific future prediction and it came true, you might call them lucky. But what if they had a whole bunch? The Bible, my friends, in whole, and even if we just limit it to Jesus, has many, including a bit of what you'll hear today. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is part of our journey together where we read through every word of God's revelation of himself, Monday through Saturday, and consider our own life and work stories in light of that. Today, my friends, this is just Family Friday, and just again, um, asking for your grace, can we just be family, you and me, and commit to first coming together to read, even when it's not perfect, because Roger hasn't had too much time to prepare because it's still a side hustle. <laughs> Hustle's the wrong word, a side gig, labor of love. Hey, as we turn to our New Testament segment, we're barreling down on the end of Luke. Now, they, Luke has some long chapters, so we're not going to get through all of chapter 22 today. But today you're going to hear about the, the narrative shifts to the plot to kill Jesus and the Passover meal. Really big, important stuff. And um, here we go. Luke chapter 22. The festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put him to death because they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. He went away and discussed with the chief priests and temple police how they could hand him, meaning Jesus, over to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him silver. So he accepted the offer and started looking for a good opportunity to betray him to them when the crowd was not present. Pause. Other Gospels I actually identify the amount as 30 pieces of silver, which you would recall as a um, as a uh, let's see, when was it in Jeremiah? 500 years BC-ish? There you go. Then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. Listen, he said to them, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters. Tell the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished room upstairs. Make preparations there. So when they went, they found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, he reclined at the table and his apostles with him. Then he said to them, 
I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until the f- it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I tell you, from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me, for the Son of Man will go away as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So they begin to argue among themselves which of them it was, who it could be, and who was going to do it. Then a dispute also arose among them about who would be considered the greatest. But he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who have authority over them have themselves called benefactors. It is not like to be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever is greatest among you should become like the youngest, and whoever leads like the one serving. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one serving? It isn't the one at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves. You are those who stood by me in my trials. I bestow on you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when you have turned back, Strengthen your brothers. Lord, he told him, I'm not ready to go with you to bo- I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three times. He also said to them, When I sent you out without a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, Not a thing. Then he said to them, But now, whoever has a money bag should take it, and also a traveling bag. And whoever doesn't have a sword should sell his robe and buy one. For I tell you, what is written must be fulfilled in me. And it was counted among, and he was counted among the lawless. Yes, what is written about me is coming to fulfillment. Lord, they said, look, here are two swords. That is enough, he told them. And there you go. That gets us up through verse 38. And um, one of my most heartfelt stories in the whole Bible we will get to tomorrow. Uh, One that chokes me up about Peter betraying Jesus. But, and he, that line, and he was counted among the lawless, comes from a really famous messianic passage in Isaiah 53. And it was about to happen. Right? All right, turning back to our Old Testament segment. Feeling a little rough here, but uh, we're going to keep on rolling. Deuteronomy chapter 21, picking up in verse 
15. And like before, I'll just keep reading the little headers so you kind of catch what each of these sections is about. Um, You may or may not have caught the theme of yesterday's segment, which was a whole lot of stuff, but it, it had a theme, which was that of protecting life. And today's, similarly, is, broadly speaking, about protecting sexuality. Every little chunk of it might not be, but there you go. Deuteronomy 21, picking up in verse 15, the right of the firstborn. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other neglected, and both the loved and neglected bear him sons, and if the neglected wife has the firstborn son, when that man gives what he he has to his sons as an inheritance, he is not to show favoritism to the son of the loved wife as his firstborn over the firstborn of the neglected wife. He must acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the neglected wife, by giving him two shares of his estate, for he is the first fruits of his virility. He has the rights of the firstborn. A rebellious son. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father or mother and doesn't listen to them even after they discipline him, his father and mother are to take hold of him and bring him to the elders of his city to the gate of his hometown. They will say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is rebellion, rebellious and stubborn. He doesn't obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city will stone him to death. You must purge the evil from you, and all Israel will hear and be afraid. And all I'll say is, God takes sin seriously, doesn't he? <laughs> Good thing nobody wanted to stone me as I was dissing on my folks growing up. Huh? Display of executed people. Next section. If anyone is found guilty of an offense deserving the death penalty and is executed, and you hang his body on a tree, you are not to leave his corpse on the tree overnight, but are to bury him that day, for anyone hung on a tree is cursed, is under God's curse. You must not defile the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. That's the end of chapter 21. You also caught a little piece. Remember that line. You caught a little piece of what we hear in the New Testament. He became a curse for us. Right? Anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. And that included being hung on a cross. And why uh, his disciples rushed to take him down um, quickly. Anyway, continuing. Chapter 22. Caring for your brother's property. If you see your brother's your brother Israelite's ox or sheep straying, do not ignore it. Make sure you return it to your brother. If your brother does not live near you or you don't know him, you are to bring the animal to your home to remain with you until your brother comes looking for it. Then you can return it to him. Do the same for his donkey, his garment, or anything your brother has lost and you have found. You must not ignore it. If you see your brother's donkey or ox fallen down on the road, do not ignore it. Help him lift it up. All right, my friends, catch this next section, Preserving Natural Distinctions. A woman is not to wear male clothing, and a man is not to put on a woman's garment, for everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord your God. If you come across a bird's nest with chicks or eggs, either in a tree or on the ground along the road, and the mother is sitting on the chicks or eggs, do not take the mother along with the young. 
You may take the young for yourself, but be sure to let the mother go free so that you may prosper and live long. If you build a new house, make a railing around your roof so that you don't bring blood guilt on your house if someone falls from it. Do not plant your vineyard with two types of seed. Otherwise, the entire harvest, both the crop you plant and the produce of your vineyard, vineyard will be defiled. Don't plow with an ox and a donkey together. Don't wear clothes made of both wool and linen. Make tassels on the four corners of your outer garment you wear. There you go. How's that for some random? Violations of proper sexual conduct. If a man marries a woman, has sexual relations with her, and comes to hate her, and accuses her of shameful conduct, and gives her a bad name saying, I married this woman and I was intimate with her, but I didn't find any evidence of her virginity. The young woman's father and mother will take the evidence of her virginity and bring it to the city elders at the city gate. The young woman's father will say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as his wife, but he hates her. He has accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I didn't find any evidence of your daughter's virginity, but here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. They will spread out the cloth before the city elders. Then the elders of that city will take the man and punish him. They will also find him a hundred silver shekels and give them to the young woman's father because that man gave an Israelite virgin a bad name. She will remain his wife. He cannot divorce her as long as he lives. But if this accusation is true and no evidence of the young woman's virginity is found, they will bring the woman to the door of her father's house and the men of the city will stone her to death. For she has committed an outrage in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her father's house. You must purge the evil from you. If a man is discovered having sexual relations with another man's wife, both the man who had sex with the woman and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. If there is a young man who is a virgin engaged to a man, a young woman who is a virgin engaged to a man, and another man encounters her in the city and sleeps with her, take the two of them out to the city of that the gate of that city and stone them to death. The young woman because she did not cry out in the city, and the man because he has violated his neighbor's fiance. You must purge the evil from you. But if the man encounters an enraged woman in the open country and he seizes and rapes her, only the man who raped her must die. Do nothing to the young woman because she is not guilty of an offense for deserving death. This case is like the one in which the man, a man attacks his neighbor and murders him. When he found her in the field, the engaged woman cried out, but there is was no one to rescue her. If a man encounters a young woman, a virgin who is not engaged, takes hold of her and rapes her, and they are discovered, the man who raped her is to give the young woman's 50 silver shekels, and she will become his wife because he violated her. He cannot divorce her as long as he lives. A man is not to marry his father's wife. He must not violate his father's marriage bed. And that is chapters 21, 15 through 22. And I'm just going to leave it right there, my friends. Um, I know I say this frequently, you know, 3,500 years ago, that stuff, I mean, that just obviously rubs us the wrong way, and it should. But at the same time, um, if we look at the trajectory of salvation history, relative to the other cultures of the ancient Near East, that was actually a big step forward in protecting and providing for women, even if that sounds really weird, right? Oh, he can't divorce her as long as he lives. What does that mean? Yo, dude, you're on the hook for provision. Um, you can't just kick her to the curb. 
weird, but you know, it was a t- moment in time and it's important that we contemplate things in light of when they happened in history, Ex- then extract where appropriate the principles that apply to all people at all times, including us. Obviously, <laughs> we're not talking about taking dead some money for a young woman that was raped, right? That was specific to that time. Wisdom segment today is Proverbs chapter 16, picking up in verse 3. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by fear of the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. Uh, I like that. That speaks to the heart, as does this, our final one for the day. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. My friends, I'm going to say that again, and I want want you to pray this with me. The reason I love this is because it both acknowledges you and your gifting, right? God wired you a certain way. Some people he made to be a nurse, and some people he made to would be lousy as nurses, or whatever that is. But trusting God in the direction of the way he's gifted us, I think is one of those things that we're going to struggle with till, you know, the other side of glory. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Lord God, I know my own path has sometimes just been uncertain, and that's just me wanting certainty. And yet, Lord, as I look back, I can count time after time after time when I look back and go, whoa, if that hadn't happened, then this other thing wouldn't have happened. And if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have talked to that person. If I hadn't talked to that person, Lord, there are so many times where I can look back and see your hands on my life, even though I didn't know at the time. Forgive me, Father, for all of the times that I don't trust you, which is probably a lot more than those times that I do. Give us each heart of trust, Lord, just to try to tune in to the, to the guidance and comfort and counsel of your spirit. In Jesus' name, I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.